If you already have a home gym or thinking about building a home gym and you need a program to accompany that, you should reach out to us here at rdftrainonline.com. When you go there, you'll see the different offerings and services that we have to support you in your program. You can get involved by doing one of our self-guided programs like RDF Strong or RDF Max, or you can get involved in our online membership. Either way, we're here to help you. Just reach out to us, rdftrainonline.com. That's rdftrainonline.com. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Let's talk about uh, home gyms. Home gyms. Ooh, I yeah. know the COVID uh, definitely ramped up. That, uh, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many calls and emails I got from people like, where do I get equipment from? How do I build this out, man? Because it was scarce, right? It was so, anything. Oh, it's and expensive. so hard to get yeah. stuff. It's really hard to get it for, you know, obviously you had the, there was the supply and the demand. Mm-hmm. But then there was also just like the materials to, yep. to build it on and the supply chain issues and things like that. And that's all caught up now. I mean, sure. it's not an issue, but I, you know, we have a couple of local friends that had local, um, uh, let's just say gym equipment stores that would sell to the general public as well as wholesale to people. And they did, they just cleaned up and you know, we even bought some stuff cause we had to move outside and basically mm-hmm. build an outdoor gym. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to take a lot of our good stuff, our really expensive, let's just, as we preface this conversation, there's expense to building a home gym. And here we, we chose our equipment very specifically. And um, there was a lot of thought that went into it and a lot of money that went into it. And I didn't want it to be taking a lot of that out there. There was theft. We, we were oh, burglarized a couple of times. First day. There's weather. Uh, and, you know, eventually we were coming back inside and we knew that and we didn't want to be compromising, compromising that stuff, that stuff and having to start over. And there was a little bit of, of like, let's make an investment here. Because if we can get it, we can probably unload it at some point if we want to. We could sell it off to 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 people and kind of maybe recover some of that investment. But yeah, so many people during that lockdown time spent so much money on their their home gym stuff. Yep, mm-hmm. trying to find bands and all this stuff. I wonder how much of that stuff's actually being used anymore. Yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna assume very little. Yeah, well. I don't know. I mean, we, we talk to people all the time that are like, yeah, no, I, I get my workouts, my weight training workouts done at home now. It, it works out great for me and whatever. But yeah, I mean, we'll never know how many people have just this equipment stacked yeah. uh, in their garage or, you know, in their, their basement or wherever it is. You know, but I, I can tell you as far as at least the, the clients that we have that ended up building out home gyms um, that I'm still coaching, they're still using mm-hmm. their stuff. Nice. Yeah, they are. You know, um, and even a couple of our clients that moved out of the area that are still doing our online programming, they built out a home gym and they're using their stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the bottom so, line is, is people, they made the investment and they are using it. Those that um, figured it out are, are doing it. I walk the dog, you know, we go, I go out and walk the dog. We share that a lot of times every day um, at night. Uh, and there's garage doors open all over the neighborhoods we walk through and people are in there getting their getting their workouts on. And there's some pretty solid setups. Some people, let's just say it's very minimal, but you know what they're doing? They're using it, which is awesome. And so going back to that, you know, I think a lot of people found other ways to get their health and fitness done and then prioritize their finance and their, their space that they had in order to like, Hey man, I need to be more healthy. I want to continue doing this. I don't really need this facility. I've learned how to work out. I've had great coaches maybe that have showed me how to do uh, more with less. And if I just had these things, I could get a really good workout in, in my, in my gym, my home gym. I think there's always something to be said for getting a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can benefit by that. Um, you know, from time to time walking into a gym and, you know, getting your hands on new equipment, seeing new stuff and just having some fun. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, just experimenting and seeing different things because I don't care how much money or finance you have or space that you have. There's always going to be some cool piece of equipment that you don't have oh, for sure, yeah. that you want to try or, yep. or, or have some fun with. So, um, but that said, you know, people are still looking to build out or continue to build out the gyms that they have at home or their home workout setup. Uh, it's become more of a priority. It's awesome to see we get 
people um, onboarding our online programs co- constantly that are reaching out to us and saying, because we are encouraging them to do that. Hey, if you don't have this piece of equipment or you don't have a way of doing this particular exercise that we have, here's the alternative to that exercise. We do that within the program, the programs like strong and max, but in, in our online membership, but they also uh, will ask us about like, I do have this, what mm-hmm. can I do with this? Yeah. So it's interesting to hear. So I know those people are out there and they got a lot of stuff. Um, and they're also asking like, Hey, if I was going to buy something, like if I was going to remedy this little problem that I have, this issue, uh, what would you do? What, what, what would I do and where, and where can I go to get it? Uh, like, where do I resource this from? So, uh, maybe we just open up to like, Hey, if you were going to build your gym, um, what would you get and how would you do it? <laughs> and, you know, us gym nerds, like we, CC and I had the distinct opportunity to build out our own gym. Now, uh, keep in mind, this is for a business model. So we were very specific how we built it out to support the business model that we have. And we are very much about We've do- done it twice. We've done it a couple of times. Actually, <laughs> we've, done that, it, actually. we've done it three, three or <laughs> yeah. four times, actually. But the, you know, in terms of like the bigger spaces, we've, we've done it. Um, we've done it a couple of times. Again, very specific thought process go, go into this. And you do get some autonomy, obviously, in doing that to have some cool stuff. But uh, going back- you know, we were very much about let's do more with less. You don't necessarily need all this fancy stuff uh, to have, to get great results uh, and help people move through space, which is what they need to be doing more of anyway. So we don't have a lot of selectorized equipment. That's the stuff with the pin and the weight stack, you know, that's very, very specific to a specific movement pattern because it costs up, it takes up real estate Mm -hmm. and it's very, uh, it's not multidimensional uh, for, in a lot of ways, it can be used separately. You can get creative, creative with it, but it doesn't make a lot of sense for what we're doing here in terms of personalizing programs for people or taking people through the group, the group, uh, sessions that we take them through. Um, that said, we've learned a lot about how to utilize or or do more with less. And so that's always my approach, but I'll tell you this, I like nice shit too. Right. And I like having fun. So, you know, if I was going to do it again, or I was going to build my own personal gym, Mm -hmm. what would I put in it and how would I have it? I think there's that end of it too. But I think most people, particularly the ones that are starting out are looking at it going, look, I got a budget here and I don't have a lot of places to put this stuff. I have a small garage or an office or a basement space or something like that. What, what do I put in there? And if I'm going to spend my money, I, and I, this is my budget in this game, the, the markup on this equipment is ridiculous, uh, number one, to buy it. Number two, getting it to your house because it's generally heavy duty steel, you know, uh, heavy metal plates and brackets and things like that. It costs a fortune to to get it freighted freighted to you. So that, that, that eats up a lot of the budget too. So maybe just giving some perspective to some people on how to maybe do this well. If, if finance and space is of no consequence or issue for you, well then fucking knock yourself out. Let's talk, we'll talk about that, <laughs> but let's talk first about the, the person that has very little space uh, to put this in. Uh, and um, also the different uses they might be using it for their mindset coming into how am I going to use this space? Um, so limited space, but also I think we want to look at like use case. How is this going to support you in your program? And I think there's in your fitness and I think there's a couple of different things that we've learned, like how people use their own spaces. Uh, so I want to talk about that. So the first one, and I'll, I'll kick it off, is this is a person that um, does not have access to anything else or doesn't want to go anywhere else. They're like, I want to be left alone. I don't want to get I fucked around. I fucking feel it. Dude. Yeah, Fuck, like I don't yeah. want to be talked to. I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean mugged. I don't want to be, I don't want to be interrupted. You know, I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to deal with the fucking cell phones and the Instagram shit that's happening in front of the mirror all day long, (laughs) all this other bullshit. Like, I just want to, I just want to work out and, and work out. That's all I want. That's all I want Uh here. And I'm willing to make the investment and I'm actually, I'm again, willing to do, um, to to try to do more with less. So that's the thing too. Like you have, like, I would love to have a gym in my garage. I would use it 1000%. Right. But we have a lot of people that they're still at home. Right. And it's hard for them to get into that mindset of like, Oh, I'm going to go train in my garage where it's like, Oh, I'm still at home. I can easily go on Netflix or I can go and keep scrolling on the computer. Right. right? So it's, you really need to have that determination and want to train to be able to thrive in a home gym. Mm-hmm. Right now is depending on where you want to go with your fitness. Uh, 
I'm sure having, you know, a couple workouts in your garage or whatever exercise you're doing is fine. But, um, if that's, if your goal is to get more fit, more healthy, um, you're going to want to be able to be on a plan and actually stick with it even at home. Ah, Dang, Jeff, that's such a solid point that I hadn't even considered coming to this conversation. It's like, before you make this investment, you need to do a little soul searching and really take self inventory of where you are. And is this shit really going to get Get used because if you're the type of person who's gone through this process in your head a million, mm-hmm. I'm not a million. So let's say ten times, and you have bought pieces of equipment over time. You know, like I already have a treadmill, and I have an elliptical trainer, and I have a Peloton bike, and I have this thigh master, <laughs> you know, yes. or whatever else is sitting around, and I never fucking use it. This is probably not the right place for you to be going now because yeah. you're going to be investing in something you're not going to do. Just go down to your local gym, suck it up, pay the $40 a month Mm -hmm. to have access to all this stuff. And when you feel like using it, then you can go use it. thousand percent. Yeah. Versus like me having the equipment will drive me and make me want to to do this. That's a poor foundation for success. I already know. Poor investment. Yeah. I mean, if we were to have a home gym, it needs to be in a designated room. That's specifically for that. Nothing, Nothing else. else. So yep. there's zero distraction because I can tell you, we have a range of kettlebells at home and we took them home during COVID. I might've touched them once or twice. I'm like, I don't want to do this in my living room. Right. I don't want to do this outside. No, that's, and that's yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. I mean, I don't even want to do that in the gym that we own sometimes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, you know what? I went and I got a, a membership somewhere else and yeah. I talked to a couple of clients and they're like, that's so that's so funny that you went and got a gym membership somewhere else. And I'm like, well, sometimes a change of scenery, Yeah, it's, <clears throat> you know, so it's that, good. So that is the other type of use case I would say here. And that would be like, okay, I might not use this all the time because I have access to this other gym or multiple places. Like I have a Pilates membership here and a cycling membership here and a yoga membership over here or whatever. Right. And so I'm only going to use this for strictly my resistance training program and, you know, my push, pull, squat, lunge, hinge, overhead press, all that stuff is going to happen in my garage or my space, but I'm going to do all my cardio work or my mobility work or all this stuff. I, I still have access to that outside of here or I just want it because my job's a little crazy or my life's a little crazy right now and or my my the way, way work works for me or my lifestyle goes. I find it hard to get there consistently, whether it's because of logistics or schedule or whatever else. So I want this as a backup, right? I want this as a backup versus a prime, my primary source of workout equipment in, in my space. So that's a really good way of looking at CC is like, okay, but maybe you're not going to do everything here. What are you going to do here? Uh, and so, you know, I am going to keep my, my membership over here. So I have that when, and when, and you know, when I need it, like some people are already thinking that right now, I already talked to them like fucking January's coming, man. Like, I don't even <laughs> want to be anywhere near my gym. So I'm going to be working out at home for the first 30 days until all those people that signed up fall off and they never come back again till the following year. And then I'll, then I'll go back to my membership, but it only costs me 30 or 40 bucks a month. So I'll just keep it. It's worth paying. I don't care. You know? Yeah. I'm basically paying to not it's have to be in the access for me. Dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So another way to look at it, like what is your use case? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, and this would be for the person that has very little space. So either, or like if we were going to set this up for you, if you're let's, and I think the best way to look at it is if, if what way for us to break this down is like, if this is your primary space for working out, what would be the basic things you need in order to, to get great results, right? Mm-hmm. Build muscle, lose fat, um, get all the different, uh, basically train your body through all the different planes and ranges of motion while adding load to those things, having fun, right. But not, you know, thinking that you have to have every piece of equipment known to man in order to stimulate yourself. Um, and when I mean, stimulate yourself, I mean, send the right signals to get the result that you're fucking looking for. Yeah. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of story. So, um, Let's start with like, what's that base piece of equipment? Like if there's one piece of equipment for you guys, what would it be? Squat rack. Mm-hmm. But, but you said for um, minimal, m- minimalist. Yeah, dude, minimalist. Right? Like I'm still- As far like, as not having I'm, much I'm, square footage. No, hold on. Footage. You, you don't have a lot of square footage. Uh-huh. You're trying to do as much with you as you can with that it, without, and what I said, what I, what I was really saying was like, do more with less. Okay. So do I don't have to have a million pieces of equipment in here. There's some staple pieces of equipment I'm going to have. So 
uh, going back, like, what's that piece? You're, you're saying a squat rack. rack. Yeah. Some type of a power a rack. rack. Yeah. Yes, I would agree. If, you, if you're doing this in, um, like, a garage or something, but if you live in high-density housing, then I would want something probably, like, the um, interchangeable weight, dumbbell weight things. Okay, so hold on. Two things. Let's stick with the rack. <laughs> and let's go to the, let's go to the, uh, the dumbbell. So uh, the rack, why? So the rack, the reason why is because you can squat in it. You can load it up for a hip loaded RDL, anything like that. Uh, squat, bench press, all of these different uh, variations. Pulling, De- you can do body weight rows. Deadlift, rack, rack pull. I mean, everything on this rack, you can pull up. You can add a cable to the side of it. You can attach bands to it. I mean, if you had one thing, it's an anchor point. It's, it's all of these mm-hmm. things. You can get one that collapses to the wall, right? Pulls out. Um, that and a bench. Yeah. So let's stick with the rack. I agree with you hundred percent because it's not just, um, it's not just for squatting, right? People think, Oh, it's a squat rack. No, no it's it, a power rack. Yeah. And now they make these racks they are very modular. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, again, they collapse. You just said they collapse against the wall. They take up less space than they did. Uh, they've now started to make those at different heights. So you're not buying like a commercial piece of equipment mm-hmm. that'll, you know, that's massive and won't even fit, you know, floor to ceiling in your room, whatever they really whatever space you're putting it, they're really thought through these things. There's many manufacturers. So you have options as a consumer, but it's, it's, it's a holster for your barbell, right? At all these different levels. It's also an attachment point for your cable cables. Cause there are attachments that you can put on these things. If you wanted some cable stuff or tubing or bands, um, I would want one that had the option for a pull-up bar on it, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. so that I can hang from it, but from do my body weight movements yep. from it. Uh, so without even having like a barbell yet to squat with, like there's many, many, uh, uses for that rack. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the, here's the other thing. Like people like right up front, like, and I'm going to go back to what you were saying before we move on to that one. Cause I like that one too. And that's the dumbbells, mm-hmm. right? The adjustable ones. Oh, I, don't, don't get me wrong. Like if you were to ask me one piece of equipment that I would want, I would say a power rack I, hands but, down. But here's the, here's the <clears> biggest reason, because if you stick with this and you actually stay committed and disciplined to your program, you're going to want one eventually. Absolutely. And you're going to realize how invaluable that is and how limited you are not having one uh, there as like a base, like kind of like your, 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 your home, home base for where your exercise is going to happen. There's a, there's so many things you can do off of a rack. So many things you can attach to. We've already uh, ad nauseum. We've talked about this, but I would definitely want one of those. And again, they're so affordable now and they're so accessible now to the consumer there really isn't any, re- any reason why you shouldn't have one unless obviously finance yep. just prohibits you from doing that. Mm-hmm. In which case, what all the what are the alternatives for setting up like your barbell type movements, squats, hin- squats, hinging, bench pressing, things like that? What are some of the ways to maybe reduce your your spend to get that and and still get some value out of the equipment that you buy? Well, they have the. Um what do you call them? The movable racks, like yeah. squat racks that are adjustable. So seeming like powerlifting competitions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. The free, the mm-hmm. weight, the, the, the bar stands. Yeah. The, and those are, they take up very little footprint. They can, they can literally be moved, picked up and moved mm-hmm. around. So they come in a fixed unit as far as where you put the barbell, barbell in it or in um, two independent ends that yeah. you can adjust as well. And then they come in various heights or they're adjustable to various heights. So if you wanted to do a bench press, you could do a bench press. If you wanted to squat, you could do a squat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could do RDLs in it as well. I, I started with those, you know, in my own garage mm-hmm. as a kid. And what I, one thing I can tell you is they're generally pretty unstable. So you have to be very aware of what mm-hmm. you're doing. Um, but they were very portable. I can move them around so that we could still get dad's car in the garage at the end of the workout and whatever else. But, um, yeah, those do exist if you want that, but I'm telling you, you're going to want a rack at some point. If you, yeah. if you're, if you want to continue serious? to progress your strength and conditioning program, over time to, and overload your body over time, the rack is going to be invaluable. So get, get, get yourself a rack. Um, that's where I would start. Uh, the next thing you got to do is like, now what am I going to push, pull, squat, hinge, lunge? Uh, where would I go from there? Well, we already said like, get a rack so that you can put your barbells on there. Mm-hmm. Barbells are an awesome piece of equipment, but they're not everything, right? Yeah. And it, everything has a limitation. Sure. So uh, and you don't have to, or need to, or maybe you should be doing certain movements with a barbell, depending on where you are, who you are, how your body functions, what you're dealing with, you know, as an individual. So the next thing and I, I would pick the adjustable dumbbells mm-hmm. or you need, you need a full set of like dumbbells, but that's not realistic. 
It's a huge amount of cost there. Walk into any gym. Take up like, a lot of space. Take up tons of space. They are expensive. They are not cheap. We've already mentioned that. So having dumbbells that are adjustable are uh, are a key element, I think, long term. Sure. I think eventually you're going to want more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a great place mm-hmm. to start um, with regard to um, having that external load that you can add on. And there's some great companies out there that make these, but these things are, most people have seen these by now, like on Amazon oh, sure, yeah. or whatever. The original company to come out that these did a really good job was called Power Blocks. And they, effectively, this is like a modular dumbbell and it's square in shape and your hand kind of goes, your hand actually goes inside uh, this frame. And then on the outside of that frame, uh, the effectively you're just adding additional frames by with this use of like a pin, mm-hmm. right? So you can select different weights up to as high as like, I believe they made them up to like a hundred pounds at one point, maybe even a hundred, 120. Oh, they wow. get, they get really big, but the, the, the standard set went up to 50 or 55 mm-hmm. pounds. And that's, a, that's enough that's good, for most yeah. people mm-hmm. particularly to get started. And you can get a lot done with those, you know, in your garage or in your home gym. Uh, I know a lot, there's a lot of strength conditioning rooms across the country and colleges that have those, uh, at the, you know, each, they have several stations, there's a power station and each station has a set of uh, power blocks at it and they have the additional add-ons. So you can start with like up to 50 pounds. It goes from like five, maybe even start later. My, my original set actually had like these inserts that would go on the handle. So you could start as low as like two and a half. Mm-hmm. You can move it up to, there were two, these two and a half pound, like, um, cylinders that you could throw in there, uh, to add additional weight up to like seven and a half, then it moved to 10 and then 15 on up the thing to 50 pounds. And then from there, you could buy these extension kits, take your 50 pounders and make them, you know, as much as a hundred pounds and so forth. So, and they come with a little stand or you can buy the optional little stand to like stay off the floor. They make it, put them at like rack or waist height or whatever. I found those because I was working out and actually training. And when I first started Red Dot Fitness, I was training, uh, in the garage, I was training a few clients in the garage and we had these and they were awesome. They, they provided a lot versatility. Uh, versatility. Right? Yeah. They're very mobile and they t- very small footprint. Uh, they don't take up a lot of space. Um, so dumbbells, I think are going to be a key for a lot of things because you can use one, you can use both, um, and they can be used for virtually everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What's next on your list guys. Let's see. We talked about the power rack. We talked, Oh, a bench. An yeah. adjustable bench, yep. a bench that um, inclines and then declines mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Yeah. There's so many things you can do with the bench, right? Obviously you can push from it, pull from it. You can, you'd want one that was sturdy enough. So I encourage people to look for one that's got yeah, a nice cheap. base foundation. Yeah. You're going to get what you pay for, for here. Absolutely. So you want something that's got a nice firm platform that you could even stand on. Uh, without it being wobbly or starting to break down. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of cheap fitness equipment out there. Uh, it doesn't take long mm-hmm. to find it. Uh, I, if you're going to make an investment, I would invest in a nice, solid piece of equipment. Um, look, I like American-made steel manufactured equipment, uh, uh, sorry, equipment that's manufactured here in the United States, shipped and built by people here in the United States. Uh, we have a lot of rogue equipment on the floor that have been very good to us, uh, but there's a lot of other companies out there um, one of the things I like about Rogue is, is the shit is durable. Yeah. It fucking holds up. And if I've had any kind of an issue with it, I just call them up and they handle the problem. And those issues have been like weird, weird things. Like, uh, I think you discovered this. Remember we had it. We yeah. have like, we have like three trap bar here, oh, trap yeah. bars here, the big ones, like the 65 pounders. And like, it was weird. Like the neural. One was just like not machined. It, yeah. It somehow it was soft. like a flaw. Yeah. It was just a flaw and I called them up, sent him a picture. and like, got a new one in the mail for you right now. So, um, that was one example. They let us keep that trout. That yeah. trap bar too. So, and it's perfectly it. good. I was, yeah. was like, great. So the point of that is, is I, I, I like those guys from a sturdy perspective and a quality of equipment perspective. I've never stepped foot on a piece of rogue equipment, whether it's the Rhino, uh, belt squat, anything that they've created, it's always sturdy and robust and big. And that can be an issue sometimes with the spacing, but yeah. I mean, when I say big, like the, the Aerodyne bike that they have, I right. mean, it's stir- when you get on, it's completely different than like the assault bike. Right. Right. The echo bike is, I think is what they're, yeah. what they call it. Yeah. It's really good, really good equipment, really well ergonomics. Yeah. So we're not sponsored by rogue at all. I wish we were, we, we spent a lot of money with them, but one of that is, is you want a bench, right. That's adjustable. So one that inclines, one that might, might decline one that gives you some versatility mm-hmm. and it comes with wheels. So you can move it around a lot of things you can do with it. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of things you can do with it. So if you got your dumbbells, your bench and your rack, one of the things we haven't put on the rack yet is a bar, right? So let's talk about bars and plates. Cause if you're going to get a bar, you got to get plates. And this is where, you know, if you haven't already, if you're not already, your checkbook's not already like, you know, screaming at you. <laughs> Uh, this is where things start to get a little bit wild and people don't really understand it. Like when you look at weights, you're buying dumbbells or plates, you're usually paying a minimum of 30 cents a pound, right? So and if you start you getting a calibration, it gets a lot higher. Start to work your way up in the quality of the manufacturing and it starts and it's going to get, it's only going up from there. Yeah. So do the math, you know, like you get a, you get a 100 pound dumbbell, 300 bucks, right? So you, it's, it's the shit isn't cheap. So, um, you know, when you're looking at, at weights, I think there's ways for people to be economical here um, on their bars and their plates mm-hmm. while still getting good quality. So I wanted to talk about that. So let's start with the bars sure. uh, because you could be really overwhelmed if you get onto a website and oh, you're looking yeah. at like bars. So mm-hmm. for the average person, um, let's talk about bars and kind of construction and things they could be looking for to make up their mind on what make might make the most sense. Well, I know we... Um did our research on bars when we were opening our, well, you'd opened your first space and I was coming on um, to join you. And I wanted to bring an Olympic weightlifting set with us. Um, And so we were looking at bars and and the way they're constructed and bushings versus bearings and going Mm -hmm. back and forth as far as the dollar and the investment and how much use it's going to get and so on and so forth and how long we want it to last. So we went with the better bar Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of different companies out there that make really good bars. But I think for a home gym, you probably don't need the bearings. You probably could get by with bushings. So 13 years (laughs) later, those bars are still on our floor being used today and we have very little, we've had zero issues with them. Um, the, the point of this is, is when you're looking at bars, there's quality material and construction. And then there's also the way they're constructed. And mm-hmm. so if you think of those Olympic bars, generally they're about 45 pounds, 20 mm-hmm. kilos. If you're into yep. the, if you're looking at the, the more specifically for Olympic weightlifting, but let's talk about that. Like, what are you going to be doing mm-hmm. with this bar? Uh, do, you, just, do you need it to rotate that well? Right. 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 So yeah. are you just going to be pulling on it? You're just going to be deadlifting Slamming with it, it pushing, floor, pushing yeah. it, squatting with it. Then the type of bar you buy or the amount of money you spend on your bar might not be that much. Unless, of course, this is not your general home gym owner, you're squatting 800 pounds. And you want to go to that kabuki squat bar. It fucking bar. matters. Yeah, that yeah. shit matters when you start getting up to that. But yep. that's not your average person with the home gym. So, you know, when you're looking at these bars, you know, uh, like polyurethane bushings versus bearings, right, that they might be using in those sleeves. So that's the big part of the bar on the outside mm-hmm. and how that rotates. Yeah, if you're Olympic lifting, this is very, very important, right? In terms of that that bar rotating it being smooth. Can't also, be yeah, the tolerances on the bar and how it fits into the ring on the uh, on the weight plate itself yes. on, onto the plate onto the insert that's on the inside of that bumper plate, or if it's a cast iron or a cast plate, how that fits in there. That that all that stuff becomes that much more important. The more precise uh, or the more specific. The, the the lifting starts getting more towards Olympic weightlifting, but if you're if you're just using it to do your basic stuff, you do not need to be spending fifteen hundred dollars, no. two thousand dollars on a bar. You can get a solid bar for a few hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? And um, what I encourage people to look at are are like how is that finished? What is that bar with? Because if it's sitting in your garage. What's the, what's one of the things you got to worry about all the time when it's sitting out your garage during the seasons? Rust. You got to worry about it rusting, right? So you want to get one that you might spend the extra money to get the one that's Cerakoted or has a um, like an anodized finish on it yeah. so that it doesn't rust because that's not something you want to be dealing with. Most of there. Rogue stuff does have a nice Yeah, powder, we've never but, seen yeah. any rust on any Rogue bar ever going mm-hmm. back to the Rogue stuff. We have Rogue bars. We have Works on bars here. And there's a few other. Hamptons made, made some of our bars. We've got couple Texas bars out there. Like there's all different types of bars that you can get, like looking at the, the, the quality of construction and what really makes sense for you. Don't get too lost on this, I yeah. guess, as a consumer. Yeah. Um, I'm really into lifting and I don't give a fuck about right. the bar. You just get, get a, get a bar that's going to that fit your budget that also maybe covers some of those other things, depending on what you're going to be doing with it. And yeah. again, like the whole rusting thing, that's important. Like, yeah. cause if it's rusting outside, guess where else it's going to rust? Yep. It's going to rust inside. You don't want to be dealing with that. So um, there's, there's there's a few different ways to go there. But a bar is going to be important. And then the next thing that goes on the bar is obviously the plates. Yeah. <laughs> Bumper plates have become sort of the standard, yeah, right? Uh, because they're, first off, they're cheaper to make. Uh, and they're, 
they tend to be easier on the environment, mm-hmm. right? And anybody that going back to the rust thing and the, you know, um, the, the durability, uh, of the, the different equipment, those, we, when we first started with the kind of the, the cheap bumper plates, man, they were terrible. Are you talking about like the foam ones? Uh, you do. They were, it's basically, it was like chunked rubber. Exactly. Right. And they pressed it together. It was like old car tires. They pressed it together apart. and it used to crumble. Yep. Right. Now we've gotten, we've come a long way. And, and it's that, but then there was also the bumper plate. Um, one of the gyms in the area had it in the middle section was metal and the outside yeah, the was insert, like a, yeah. come out. Yeah. The inserts would come out. <laughs> um, that's, those are, those are the cheaper plates. These are things you want to be careful about. But it again, this goes back to how what, is, used. what is your use case? Exactly. What are you going to be using for them? Also, I want to, I want to talk about the, the footprint thing too. Um, but if you're going to be Olympic lifting, spending a little bit more money on a quality bumper plate or set of quality bumper plates is going to be a little bit for more sure. important, right? They're, they're, they're definitely taking more wear and tear. That, that should make perfect sense. You're going to get what you pay for right here. So uh, don't, you know, if you're spending all this research on a bar and you're going to throw, sh- you know, because you want a good bar to, to fulfill the needs that you want to, fu- you need it to fulfill. And you're, you're going to throw caution to the wind when you're buying your place. That doesn't make a lot of yeah, fucking no. sense. Not at all. So think about that. Like throwing metal plates on there and thinking that it's going to rotate as well as the. As the bumpers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So these things are designed differently, machined differently. And again, those tolerances have a lot to do with it. Uh, but the other thing with these bumper plates is a lot of the light, the, the cheap, um, when I say cheap, just less expensive, it's more cheaply made. Bumper plates are very thick, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that takes up more space. Yeah. And that can be an issue for you. Like, especially if you're trying to stack your weights onto your rack yep. and you have a pin. So you have your squat rack and let's say it's not the one that folds against the wall, but it's, or you have, you know, you have a, a full size rack and you've got these pins on there. The, the, the width of those plates will obviously determine how many plates you can actually stack on that rack. So if you have, if you're limited on space, uh, you might consider like, Hey, I want the thinner plates cause they'll take up exactly. less space. Right. Same with on your bar and how you're lifting. Like if you don't have a lot of uh, space to lift, like if you're lifting off, say a, like a set of mats or whatever in your, mm. and maybe it's one mat that's four feet wide or, or so, sorry, six feet wide. And you start to stack these plates out there. Cause you're starting to load those weights up on yep. there. Some of your plates mm-hmm. can be on your, on your mat or not on your mat. Mm-hmm. Some people could be listening. That's just stupid, man. Just get another mat. Not everybody has that option. Yeah. So that's, what, that's all I'm saying is something to think about in terms of the plates that you buy. We have some very inexpensive plates that we bought for outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we put, we have them on the little roller racks mm-hmm. and you know, you start getting up around those 45 pound plates and those, those things, Three inches wide. Dude. Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, they're more than that. Huge. So well, that, and then when you're having to get them up off the the roller rack, that yeah, I mean, you it's have a to lot bend to do over, with. pick it up, like yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a lot to deal with. Ergonomically challenging, especially if you're short. Well, <laughs> other considerations for plates that come to mind for you guys in terms of buying plates. Um, you know, something that we talked about earlier was not necessarily investing in the in the thirty five pound plates or the 15 kilo plates because they just take up space. So start with maybe a 10 pound plates and then jump to the, or 25 pound plates and then jump to 45s. And then you have smaller plates that you can augment for in between, um, what your, your tens and your 45. Yeah. Sorry. 25. There's a thing about this that's going around for a long time. What, what use does a 35 pound plate have? So when you look at the bumpers that are supposed to all be, or they should all be the same diameter. Right. So they're the same size, yes. top to bottom. Yep. So uh, they just weigh different amounts. And so if you, if you're looking to make the jump from 25 up near 45, so typical plates are 45 pounds. And again, like the next size down would be 35 or 25. If you took the 35s out and you just spent your money on the 25s, but you bought yourself a couple of extra 10s or you're going to get way more um, a variety out of those 10 pound mm-hmm. plates as you start to stack more weight on the bar Absolutely. or change yeah. plates that you might buy. Those will be the smaller, typically metal plates mm-hmm. that go on, you know, on the outsides. Don't waste your money on the 35 pound plates. Do your, do the math. Like how much weight do I need and how much can I get out of like a one set of 25s? That's all you need. Mm-hmm. The rest should be 45s, mm-hmm. 10 pounds or in, in anything less than that in order to make your... Yeah, I was going to say I'd probably invest in a set of fives, a set of tens, and then you have your 25s and then 45s. Yeah, exactly. So that would be... And that that's how these these things... 
when you used to buy an Olympic set, it was like my first Olympic set was like, it was like 310 pounds or whatever it was. It was the bar set of 45s, 35s, 25s, 10s, 5s, and two and a halfs mm-hmm. with collars. Uh, that's why I can't remember because these, I can't remember which collars, if they were the spring collars or the big uh, collars. Yeah, the weighted yeah. collars that were on there. I can't remember what the final weight was, if it was like 305 or 315 or something like that, but that's what it typically looked like. And I wished I'd had just another set of 30, 45s. Could you have just kept the 35s and charged me a little bit more for an extra set of 45s? That would have gotten me a lot further down the road uh, over, over time because then I would have had to invest less to incrementally add more to eventually where I needed another set of 45s. So something to think about when you're buying bars and plates. Yeah. The other thing is too, <clears throat> um, when buying the, the, the plates, I actually like the weightlifting plates because the circumference is the same. Whereas if you go with the, I don't know what they're called, the other plates are called, but they're like the hex plates. Right. They come in different sizes. So you're, you're yeah, round, <laughs> round versus hex. Uh-huh. Yeah. So your 25s are, are smaller in diameter than your 45s. And you have hex shaped weights, you just throw them the oh, fuck I was away. Say, the other thing is I don't like them because then if you go to put them on the floor, they roll. Don't even they, get me started yeah. with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you have to put them down precisely or else they shift. Dude, they, 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 those came out many, many years ago. I mean, Ivanco was like the standard weight plate in mm. the gyms for a long time. And yep. those were all, they were all circular metal plates. And then somebody got the wise idea to make them into, they're actually not hex, they're octagonal. Octagonal, okay. Right? And they had like little handles that you could reach in there and grab. And they were convenient as fuck. And by the way, if all you're doing is bench pressing and throwing them on the, uh, on the, uh, and back squatting and throwing them on like the hammer strength machines, the hip sleds, uh, you know, those type of pieces of equipment, it was all fine. But as soon as you moved anything that was ground-based yeah, or or needed to be put on the ground or put to the floor at the end of the day, it, they yeah. suck. So, yeah, something to be aware of. Now, if that's all you have access to, you got to deal you with gotta it. You got to do it. But if you're going to make an investment, don't buy those. Probably the biggest thing I would say with plates is, like Cece said, the size, right? And it depended on what you're doing. If you're not, you know, if you can deadlift more than, you know, 65 pounds, you're not really going to be worried about having the bar in tens, right? But if you are the person that's trying to learn how to squat or, excuse me, explode overhead, clean overhead press, anything like this, um, from the floor position where I want to be every time, right? I don't want to be in a lower position trying to learn how to deadlift, right? So I have a 10 pound plane. It's the same size as the 45 45 pound, right? So the bar on the floor is the bar on the floor. It's the same height. Mm-hmm. If I had 300 pounds there or if I had 65 pounds there, and that's right. probably the biggest takeaway I could give for somebody. You don't want to be deadlifting off the floor off of these little like five, right. plates, yeah. five pound plates. Yeah. So if you, if you set yourself up with the 45s, the 25s, the 10s, and then maybe some, some change plates, you're in a really good position to kind of just add on from there would be adding your incremental ads and investment would be 45 pound plates yeah. right from there or 20 kilos, whatever you know, depending on what you're, what you're buying. They do have 25 kilo plates or more. You could get those, but again, you're, you're, you're going to be limited there over time. Unless again, you're lifting pretty heavy weight and you want to, you want to do that. You do what do you do you. Okay. Bars, plates, bench, rack, dumbbells, adjustable dumbbells. By the way, going back to the dumbbells um, that we talked about, like there's a few different brands out there. The, the ones that we, we, we mentioned, like the power blocks, I, I'm going to throw, I'm going to put a little cautionary statement in here is in, if you see the ones that have the dials on them, I would steer clear of those. I don't think you're going to be happy with those longer term. Uh, they get a little flimsy uh, and they're very awkward. And part of the thing with that, those are, is like, if you think about like, if you go into your gym and if you've seen like the molded 100 pound dumbbells versus the old school. I just mentioned the brand Ivanco, oh, uh-huh. the plated uh, 100 pound dumbbells. The molded ones are bigger, they bigger. They're longer. They have more volume right on either end. And that can become challenging when you're doing things like pushing or pulling or trying to go overhead or whatever else. Uh, that's the same problem you run into when you go into those ones that have the dial on it versus the ones that are more squared and have the pin, uh, the pin adjustment on there. So Things to think about in terms of making your investment. Um, Just heading back to the dumbbells. All right. So those are our basics. Any other things from like the absolute minimum amount of stuff that you would need um, like in a gym to to be in a really good position to make some good gains? You know what I really like? I like our super bands. Yeah, the bands. Mm -hmm. I think because they come in so many different um, widths and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tension. 
as far as based on the width, you can do so much with those. If you wanted to push single arm, if you wanted to pull, you wanted to augment some of your deadlifts. Um, there's just a variety of things that you can do with those and they don't cost that much relative. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, <clears throat> the, the monetary investment there is, is minimal. So there's a ton of variety, again, going back to our programs and how we set people up. Like if you look at our, our max and strong programs, which are really your self-guided programs that you should be able to do, what we suggest these for somebody that has a well-equipped home gym um, or has access to a more of a full commercial style gym. Uh, you're going to have way more variety and you're going to be able to, to, to do all these things. But we have set it up and we give give people options. It's the same with our online membership to like, if you have just the equipment that we talked about, you're going to be able to do 90% of the stuff. Mm-hmm. There are some other things that you might want to add in there. Like you mentioned the bands, we make tubing is something that's a, a relatively inexpensive investment, uh, medicine balls for, you know, or, or Dynamax balls, which again, relatively inexpensive, th- all things considered. Uh, but they, they take up space and those are extras and they are fairly, you know, kind of, they're multidimensional, but not as dimensional as say barbell, dumbbells, rack, uh, bands. Mm-hmm. So, that's just kind of where our heads are around being able to design a really effective program for building strength, power, hypertrophy, uh, and, uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, a better physique. But if you're looking to like really step it up, so kind of moving away from those basics, um, then there's all kinds of other things that you could throw in there. But before we get to that, let's talk about what I hear people doing when they're trying to bargain with their fitness and bargain with their equipment. Um, when they're building the, the, the home gym, because once they start to get into figuring out how much it really costs, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. So then they go down to fucking Target or Walmart and they wind up spending $100 on like this 12 pound kettlebell that they found sitting on the shelf, a Dyna disc, a tubing setup, which is garbage, right? And again, they're, they're already deep onto a credit card and they have stuff that isn't, it's not going to help them longer term. Like it's just a really poor investment. It's like an emotional investment. Well, I'm going to go get this workout done at home. Yeah. But how, how far are you going to get with that shit? It doesn't make, it doesn't make a lot of sense. What that looked like to me is a very emotional, uh, uninformed decision about how you were going to buy your fitness equipment. Like what is your program supposed to look like? Just having a kettlebell or two again, without a lot of direction, mm-hmm. right. And good coaching is probably not going to get you very far. I, we have a kettlebell program here that, you know, if you had basically two sets of kettlebells, we could get you a lot done in that amount of time. But that also comes with a high level of awareness mm-hmm. uh, and your and your ability to get through a program on your own. Um, that's a neither here nor there statement. My my point of this is is I see people making really poor investments, and then they want a program design. Then they they go out like, okay, well, I have what I just mentioned, and then they look for a, an exercise program that supports the equipment that they have. Yeah. Okay. It's rough. That's <laughs> fucked up thinking. Like you need to find out what your program should look like and then make investment in what the equipment you should have to support that over time. Mm-hmm. So maybe you start with a little bit less again and then move to more over time. But what are the things, the staples that I need now, not the other way around? What do I think I should have? And then match that against the reality of what the, the program should look like. That is, that is not rooted in a lot of logic. So Think about that because I get to people like, oh, well, I have all this equipment. What can we do? I'm like, mm-hmm. not much, you know, not a lot. Like for a minute, we can do some stuff and mm-hmm. then that's going to have to change. Now, if I wanted to build, if I wanted to go into a situation where I'm trying to build like the ultimate physique and, and, uh, you know, I'm a more advanced uh, lifter or maybe not even, but I, I want, I want to really work on more of the physique training and have all these other things available to me. Finance is not an issue. Space is not such an issue. What are some of the other things that you guys would add to the, to the gym? You know, and these are, this is going to be like the, well, I would definitely have to have this, um, you know, type of stuff. Like, again, nobody's putting any limitations on you. What would you have? I want a vertical, a vertical cable machine. So to elaborate on that, uh, where you can have the adjustments vertically up and down and you could have a variety of different attachments that you can um, use to to pull or to push or to rotate. Um, Single so you have that external load. If if I funds were unlimited, double dual. Yeah, double stack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dual stack. 
Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> like cables are so versatile, right? And again, just the resistance profile that they have, I would have to agree with you. Yeah. Like if I like could get it. arms. Yeah. So they go up and down. So the, the adjustments go from the floor to the top of the, the stacks, whatever, however, whatever they height they are. A lot of companies make some really great ones out there that they'll fit like in more of like a eight to 10 foot ceiling height yeah. type of gym. So if you don't have a lot you of. You can hang them off the rack too. They have ones that attach to the rack now and then that, you plate load them on the bottom. That I've goes back those. to having that yeah. rack as your base mm-hmm. setup. Yeah. So this is why I wanted to compare and contrast this. It's not that you have to have more space to have the cable stuff. It's not going to be as cool. Uh, it certainly won't be as convenient. It takes a little bit more work and a little bit more setup, but it's very doable and there. This type of equipment has come a long way to where you can set up a pull down, right? Where you can have these different attachments or a push or a rotation or whatever, where you're adding the plates that you already have or even a dumbbell or a kettlebell that you might already have as the external load. Yeah. I love a good cable setup. And if I only, if I could only have one, I'd still take it like one stack. Mm -hmm. But if I could have the double stack, obviously that gives me a lot of versatility. And with that, generally, if you have a double stack, it also gives you something to hang from or hang other stuff from, uh, for pull-ups or, or, you know, uh, knee ups or, you know, toes to bar type stuff. You can, if you didn't have that on your squat rack already, mm-hmm. or you had some other type of setup or that squat rack is like at the ceiling and yeah. you know, you can't pull up cause pull up you're, the bar yeah, because you're, you're going to hit your head. I've seen people remove panels or actually literally cut holes in the, in the drywall right above. So like in the rafters, they've set themselves up so they can do a pull up and their hair, their head can literally go up into the attic, out of the attic space or the crawl space above. So things to think about. What about you, man? Uh, So for me, it's going to be a deadlift platform of some sort. So I can attach bands to it because I'm masochistic like that. And Mm then, um, I, it's between the leg press and a belt squat, dude. Oh, yeah. But like, I, I'm telling you right now, every time I do legs somewhere where there's not a leg press and it's in my program and I switch it out for something else, like a, and nothing's going to replicate this, but like a heavy step up or something like that, uh, it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't feel good. I love a good leg press um, for me. I, so you picked two, two different pieces of equipment, but tell me why you like those so much. Um, I like them because they load the conventional pattern in a different way, right? So it's really a lot. Like when you see these power lifters, a lot of these guys, they're doing belt squats. They're doing a whole bunch of different things in the off season to strengthen all of the weak areas. That's why I really enjoy power lifting and watching these guys because they're like, well, what's weak? Let's go get it fucking strong. The smart ones do. Yeah. yeah right. Well, <laughs> the guys that are actually called power lifters, right? Yeah. They're lifting like 800 they're actually pounds. Yeah, they're being... actually competing. They're not, no, I like to lift heavy weights. Like, no, like these guys actually fucking step on stage and get busy. Um, but yeah, that would that, like. Yeah. That belt squat or that leg press effectively, you can load the lower extremity without loading the back. Right. Yeah. And so you re- you can really focus. And the, the challenge with those things is the footprint, right? Yeah. Just like with the cave, yeah. the double cable stack is the footprint. So if you have space, you had to pick one. Which one would it be? Leg press. I knew yeah. you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, dude, leg press. But I love the belt squat. I mean, dude, yeah. But leg, yeah. leg press for sure. I mean, it's a staple. Um, now, they're all not all created equal. Nope. But um, yeah, no. Rogue makes a great one. They should sponsor us, dude. <laughs> With all the stuff that we yeah, have. We're going to throw this at them. Yeah. The, uh, uh, but they, I mean, yeah, no, leg press for sure. Yeah, I got you. It is a solid piece of equipment. I, you know, for me, if I had to pick, you know, something else, there's a couple other things that actually be smaller pieces and, uh, you know, just little things to, to kind of throw in there to change it up. One of those is like a suspension trainer. I really like suspension trainers, not because uh, they're going to build a, a tremendous amount of muscle and whatever else. I just think they're versatile uh, and they, they allow me to, they, they always put me in a position that'll challenge me, like where I can find a position all the For time sure. that'll challenge me in one way or another. And so you go back to some of the other talks we've had about challenging stability, balance, uh, and body weight. And I, I try to include a lot of body weight exercises in my, in my routine these days. Uh, you know, rings got really popular there for a while and like the CrossFit gyms and rings are great. Um, it's very similar, but different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rings, you know, where, where people were really using them were where they were attached to something that had a very high ceiling. So they had clearance to where they could get up into like a muscle up yeah. or, or in higher, right. Mm-hmm. And just, there was more clearance and you don't, you don't get that in a lot of home gyms. You just don't have that kind of ceiling space in a lot of, a lot of spaces. I mean, we have rings here and we have some suspension trainers, but I like a solid suspension trainer for a few different reasons. It's also mobile. So if I wanted to take it with me, you know, I throw it in the van, you know, throw it in the car or whatever. If we wanted to take, if I just wanted something different to keep myself, you know, again, provide that stimulus when I'm out and, and, and about, 
I like that they're, I like that they're, um, to have that. One of the things that we talked about, but didn't really talk about was tubing. Mm-hmm. You talked you guys, we talked about bands, mm-hmm. but tubing with like handles yeah. on it. There's so many different things you can do with tubing and it's fucking inexpensive. It's really a, a cheap spend. And, uh, I, I love the resistance profile that it gives, that it gives you just a little bit different. It's so versatile. I can challenge myself in so many different ways with it. Uh, and a lot of people are like, dude, you're not gonna get big and strong with tubing fucking come here and train with me and I'll show you how to do it. Like it's, it's just cause the, 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 the piece of equipment isn't obsolete. Your fucking training program is mm-hmm. it's deficient and we can, you can get big, strong, uh, and, and different in different ways than you're probably thinking right now, uh, using tubing. So I love, I love the use of tubing. We have tubing, tubing gets used in Every single one of our programs, it's it's part of the deal. Yeah, and you can use it as a standalone, or you can use it with uh, dumbbells. Yeah, you know. All right, so those are some of the favorites that we might put in. There's obviously a ton of other shit. Like, I mean, you could put the sauna, like, cold plunge. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious you got, right now? Pushing machines, pulling machines, things like that. I mean, there's some really great ones out there. I love a solid plate loaded pull, particularly one that can be done isolaterally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know some of the best back workouts I've ever had in my life would be on some of those like hammer strength, uh, single arm pull, uh, and double arm Fuck, pull type machine. Yeah, really good job there. Um, so some of those kind of things. If you had space, you had money, and you had time to to get it all together and put it all in there, so many different ways you could go. What are some of the things you would never fucking buy for Smith a machine. home gym? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. Well, Smith machine. Smith machine. I mean, so I've, I know a lot of people and bodybuilders specific that use this because it's less, you have, you need less stability from your own body, right? So it's, it's like a machine, right? I'm just getting in here. I'm getting a workout. I don't need to try as hard, right? I don't need to brace myself. I don't need to actually know how to squat, right? The reason why I would not buy that is because if you're going to squat, you're going to put something on your back, the skill, you need to have that. And you're going to be able to produce copious amounts of muscle being able to stabilize that bar rather than going under the bar over time and using the Smith machine to stabilize you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just go to your leg press machine that you wanted. Like I'd put the money from the from the Smith, Smith machine. machine into the leg press, mm-hmm. the yeah. leg sled that you were going to buy just, before. For me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and especially when I see people, and when I say see people, this is like corporate gym style. I'll be in the gym and like, they'll take their client over the Smith machine because they they can't squat. But what are you doing? Because the second the barbell gets on their back and they're out of the Smith machine, it's not going to translate. Right. Right. So I, 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 that to me is an option. I think it's, machine. yeah, I think it's a limited, it's definitely Don't limited. get me wrong. There's definitely some uses for it. I've used it before and same, you know, but, uh, but for the, for the footprint, it takes up the cost. Yeah. There's also mm-hmm. a lot of mechanicals on a machine like that. Yep. They do break down. That's not something I would, I'd be investing Waste my money space. on. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. How about you, CC? What wouldn't you, what wouldn't you buy or wouldn't, wouldn't you advise? Um, let's see, probably some of the cardio equipment that we have in our, <laughs> our studio. Yeah. Why? What and why? <clears throat> Well, I've already talked about the fact that if we have it at home, which we actually have a bike, um, it's all about environment for me and usability. So, I mean, it's mindset and it's, it's sat there. Um, but I also have two very nice bikes that I can take outside. Um, I have my legs that are very functional so I could go out for a walk if I want to go walking or hiking. Um, so I don't really need a treadmill. Um, you know, they take up too much space. I don't think people generally use them. They cost a lot of money. Uh, I also think about God, if I had to move, <laughs> yeah, where would I? I'd have to move that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would rather put my money in a power rack or something else like that versus a piece of cardio equipment. The other thing is too, if you know how to exercise and you know how to use your resistance training, you can get your cardio that way. So I agree with you. On a lot of things, and I have some other things to add to that. First off, if I'm going to make that, first off, the most expensive area in any gym. So if you looked at square footage, right? When you walk into mostly, you mentioned the commercial gyms, right? Yeah. One of the first things you see when you walk through the door is the cardio area, mm-hmm. right? And there's rows and rows of yep. treadmills, rows and rows of bikes, rows and rows of ellipticals, yep. and whatever else. That is the most expensive real estate in the entire gym. That equipment costs more money upfront and in the long term than any, any other piece of equipment. So what you're basically buying is a piece of equipment that depreciates exponentially the moment it leaves the showroom floor or arrives at your mm-hmm. house or whatever else. The, the return on investment that you get from that 
is very limited most of the time, right? Most of the time. Everybody knows somebody that's got a bike, treadmill, elliptical trainer sitting in their garage, in their home office, in their basement that is right now collecting laundry. It is an expensive laundry hanger, right? It just sits there. It It doesn't do anything. Um, why? Because it's limited. It does very little, right? It does one thing, right? And, and that's it. It it may get your heart rate up and may get your respiratory rate up and that's it. It sits there. It doesn't move anywhere it doesn't, and it doesn't provide you any other thing than that. To, to your point, CC, if you're motivated and you want to get on that, that's your only, you know, that's the only thing you have right now. Great. But to spend money on that for a home gym, particularly going back to the use case where this is all I have and I, and I have limited budget and limited space. I don't want a treadmill taking up that space. Mm-hmm. Now, if my if my fitness goals are very specific to running, right? Like I'm a marathon runner and I need to get mileage in and running outside is prohibitive for a couple of reasons. One, maybe it's weather. Two, maybe it's safety. Like for anybody that knows me knows that that's a concern that I always have for people that are outside in the world. Like getting outside in your neighborhood because the only time you can run is after dark, early morning, mm-hmm. before the sun comes up maybe in an area that's not so great. Or again, going back to weather, like it's prohibitive because it's snowing and raining constantly outside and and it's tough to get it done. Uh, Then maybe a treadmill could be a solid investment uh, of your resources. But if your goal is general health wellness, I would not spend my money on a piece of equipment like that. I would, I would just take your 30 fucking dollars a month (laughs) Yeah. You would you'd spend $2,500 on a treadmill. Just take 30 bucks a month and go down to wherever the local gym and mm-hmm. pay your membership to get on the treadmill there. Let them deal with the repairs. Yep. Let them deal with that, with the, with that, that basically that real estate that they have to pay rent on. Don't use that up in your own, in yep. your own space. You will likely regret this. You will. It's, I think it's huge you'll, expense. You'll end up regretting this in the end. And the benefit that you get from that, going back to what you said there, Cece, is I could get way more physical physiologic, and physiological impact out of having a squat rack and a barbell mm-hmm. than I'm ever going to get off of the treadmill. Anybody that listens to this show knows we talk heavily about the importance of cardio and all the benefits that it brings. I'm just saying, like, I can get all of that from, a, from the equipment that we mentioned before, and I'm probably near what a good treadmill, that's a whole other piece of this. Like if you want a good treadmill, one that's going to, all right, I am making the investment because this is important for me. Then, you know, $2,500 is the very low end of treadmills. Well, I was going to say, if you're really going to want a good treadmill, I would go with a commercial treadmill. 1000%. And, and <laughs> Not one of those home ones. And, and the $2,500 is a down payment, by the way, on one of those. So anybody, anybody, any self-respecting runner that gets on treadmills and this, they, people can say this is a you know you're wrong. This is a bold statement. I don't know. I've been around a lot. I used to run a lot. Mm-hmm. I used to compete. You know, uh, and part of that comp- that competing was running. I've run on a lot of treadmills, and I hated them all. But but you, but I know a good one from a bad one. And from a, as a gym operator, I also know what ends up lasting for a long time. And I know what's good for your body and not for your body. So uh, yeah, if you walk it, and you know who else knows about these. The people that implement a ton of running into their programs in their gyms, just go to an Orange Theory or an F45 or whatever. Those treadmills that they have on the floor, that's the most expensive piece of equipment, single piece of equipment they have on their floor. And they've got 30 of them or whatever else. They buy those for a reason because they are the easiest on the body. They they hold up over time and it is a good return on investment. So you're going to spend that kind of money, four, five, six grand on a treadmill. Think about that. Like, is that, is that really worth it? I'm not sure I would be going down that path. This brings me to maybe the last point I would have, and that is this. As we've talked through this and bringing all this together, for those of you thinking long and hard about building a home gym and what may or may not be the best for you, again, if money and finance and, or finance and space is not an issue for you, more power to you. Go hog wild. Have, you know, a, a home gym built on the property and Visit it every day or visit it never. Uh, that's up to you. I want you to use it, right? But I hope what this baby also does is as you start to look down this path, you maybe start to appreciate the investment that your 30 or 40 bucks a month at the local gym will actually get you, mm-hmm. right? You can have access to all kinds of stuff for 30 or 40 bucks. There's no excuse. Everybody can find 30 or 40 bucks yep. right in their budget if they really want to get fit. Now, 
there's also the $140 a month membership. I'm going to tell you something. When you walk into that gym, there's nothing different on that floor than what's in the $40 a, a, a month gym. There isn't. It is the exact same shit. Some of it may look a little nicer. It may smell a little nicer in there. It may be a little newer. But that equipment that's in there, it is the same fucking equipment. It's the same thing. It'll get you the same result. And mm-hmm. it's just a little step up from what we were talking about than what you had in that home gym, that garage gym that we talked about where there was very little equipment. You can get all the same things done in there. So maybe you'll start to appreciate the investment that some of those companies and some of those gym owners have made in that space and how little an investment it is for you to go down there and pay them to get your ass in that gym mm-hmm. and get it in shape. Hell yeah. Right? So as you're walking away and you're thinking about your your home gym and where I need to make my investment or whatnot, there were some key points that got brought up here about let's make a logical, rational, well-planned out decision. What should my workout plan look like? Then I'll buy equipment based on that. There are some basics that you can buy. Uh, to get yourself started, I would start there anyway, even if your time and money is is not a problem for you and space isn't a problem for you anyway. Start small. See if you even use that shit and then start building on, on, on top of that next. And for those of you that are out there that have these home gyms <laughs> that I've never used or you never use and you got all this equipment, sell that shit. Because there are people out there right now that are maybe in the boat that we talked about that are looking to build stuff out or, or have a little bit more uh to do a little bit more with and they'll buy that stuff off you. And there's a, there's a re, there's a really good resale market for Absolutely. it uh, mm-hmm. for it as well. So I don't, I don't think there's anything that we haven't covered today. Uh, you guys think of anything? Nope. All right. Bottom line, get your ass out there and get working out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this episode of iron sites. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.